There is none like you. No one else could touch my life as you do. I have searched through all eternity, Lord, and found that there is none like you. Now, that song says, no one can touch my life the way you do it. So I'm admonishing you to sing that song from a place of revelation because it's about to touch your life again. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've always admonished us, listen to what you are singing. You know, just right now, the presence of God is going to become tangible to you. He has been here since the beginning. But let him be tangible to you in order that he will minister to you personally. Eternity, Lord, and found that there is no like you. Can you raise your voice? Let's worship him. There is no like you. tell the Lord to touch you in this session. It's a teaching session but the Bible says in Luke the 5 verse 2 and then Jesus was sitting and teaching and doctors of the law were present sitting by and the power of God was present to heal his people. It is a teaching session but ask that the Lord will touch. No one else can touch my life like you do. Ask the Lord to administer evidences of the Christ in your life in this session. Changing you, transforming you from the inside to the outside in this very hour. Menesou kabadiva neto alande brehima souza. 
Lakrando mendi mande diskoba benina konde simane chali e bendo bredu vasino bre enikatesko brende bere easova dinametanis in the name of Jesus we pray father tonight one more time in this session we trust that you are ready to heal transform elevate cause us to come into living fellowship with you thank you we have this confidence that the word that is about to be communicated is spirit and is life it doesn't consist of the letter nor of the wisdom of man's words but there's going to be the demonstration of the spirit and of power i surrender and i ask that you take over and cause the words that will come out to flow from the streams of the spirit and let everyone here leave this place edified to the glory of your name in jesus name amen and amen have your seat in god's presence I want to start by bringing you bringing you reference from everything we've done so far. A believer is likened unto a building. A believer is likened unto a building. If you read your Bible in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. If you begin from verse 4, it will say that we are all lively stones. New King James says living stones. We are built up a spiritual house. We are built up a spiritual house. First Peter 2 verse 5. We are built up a spiritual house. If you doubt that, we can do Ephesians 2 verse 21 also. You see that, oh, if you begin from verse 19, it, you see that it says, Now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, that's each and every one of us, are fitly framed together, grown into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Every believer is a building. And that building is such that God has a picture of the final building. And if you go to First John 3 verse 2. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Stay here for me. You will realize that that picture is that. We, that scripture says we know not what we will yet look like. But when it shall appear we shall see for we shall be as he is. Now every believer is a building and God has a picture of of that edifice it is actually captured in scriptures now every single day of your life if you are walking in communion and in fellowship with the spirit of god as is here through the spirit if you are walking in communion and in fellowship with the spirit of god every service day what is being communicated preached in church prayer points being emphasized your own personal study and revelations all of them are actually blocks that are added up to build you into the building that God has in mind for you. So, the teachings you have been hearing over these three days, they are actually building blocks. So, the prayers you've been praying, the admonishments, the edification, the charges, the exhortations, they are actually building blocks. So, when this one comes, a block is added to the building. And this one comes and you receive it and work on it, apply it, a block is added. Another revelation comes, a prayer comes, you pray, a block is added. 
and at the end of the day there is a there is that level that god expects of you to get to at the end of this retreat because as build blocks are being added the building is supposed to have changed level am i right both in design and it will start becoming like the it, the more you build the more it start becoming like the plan and so if you are here you need to see every session as one of such that God is actually building something in you. And by building you, 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 as we all surrender ourselves to be built, what is actually really being built is the church. So when you're building and my building, our building in, together in as one, that is the church. And that is why training is very important. Teachings is very important in any ministry. And the building that we are expected to look like is simple. It's the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. That's why here we are told that it's built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Because in that scripture in Ephesians 5, beginning from verse 8, he ascended up on high and gave gifts to men. And he began to mention the caliber of those gifts. He said, and some he gave apostles, pastors, teachers, you know, prophets, evangelists. Until, for the teaching, eh, for the edifying of the body of Christ for the work of ministry until we all come in the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the son of God unto the fullness of the measure of the stature of the Christ so that is where all of us is being built towards in essence what I'm trying to say is that at the end of these three days whatever that doesn't look like Christ in your life is dropping off can you say that amen whatever is not in the perfect building already which is called Christ in every session and again in this time, it will be dropped off you in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever has been limiting the manifestation of the edifice that is God's purpose concerning you. Again, in this session, by the word of God, it is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Can you say that amen like it's your, your belief? So when believers have not attained stature of buildings according to the curriculum that God has designed for them per time and season. What you realize is that that deficiency will be the loophole that Satan will use to exploit you. So let me explain what I mean. So that block that is about to brought to you, the block that was brought to you in the morning was called discipleship. And then in your receiving that block and that block being placed by the Spirit of God, there is a member inside you. There is an element of the soul that is still under the government of the flesh, the carnal man, that did not allow the spirit to perfect the planting and that building process. And therefore, what you now have is that in the placement, the, one of many things will happen. Number one, the building will now tilt. And when the building tilts, it shows therefore that this is already headed for destruction. Number two, it will be placed in such a way that it will not be perfected. Like, it will not be finished. The finishing will be what? Imperfect. And that imperfect finishing can cause injury. Or number three, there will now be a place that a block was supposed to be put. You didn't even pay attention at all. It means that place becomes an opening, a hole, through which the devil uses to deficit your life. And so it is essential, therefore, that you bow your heads right now and pray a prayer and say, God, in case a session has passed and that session did not accomplish that which you sent it to do in my life, right now I ask for grace 
that it will accomplish it. Can you pray that prayer in the name of Jesus? Can you pray that prayer in case a session has gone and it didn't accomplish that which it, uh, it was supposed to accomplish in my life? Oh God, right now, because of mercy, revisit me again. Can you pray that prayer? Can you raise your voice? Maybe somebody is joking with that prayer. If you need to, you know, go on your knees and cry that in case a session has passed and the purpose that you sent that session to me was now perfected. I don't mean just established, but perfected in beauty and in holiness. Oh God, have mercy upon me and bring that session again right now to be perfected in my life. Oh, Sibra Bonde Manateka Bande Berito Karatos Kebaniva. So, just soldiers of the cross. You, you have yourself in So, just soldiers of the cross. Do you love me more than this? Kabadatahas. So, just soldiers of the cross. Do you love Walt more than me? Soldiers, soldiers of the cross. Do you love me more than these? I will not be ashamed of this gospel. For it is life eternal unto me I will go wherever and whenever for this is not my own I will speak the name of my Savior for his life is not my own Soldiers, soldiers of the cross. Do you love me more than these? Soldiers, soldiers of the cross. Do you love world more than me? Soldiers, soldiers of the cross. Do you love family than me? Soldiers, soldiers of the cross. Do you love money more than me? I will not. Be ashamed of this gospel, for it is life eternal unto me. I will go wherever and whenever, for this life is not my very own. I will speak 
the name of my Savior. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are about to see something very sensitive tonight. And that is the cost of discipleship. And that song is a summary of the message I am bringing to you. Because if you are an if you are called to be that soldier of the cross, nothing in this life, no price in this life must be too expensive for you to pay to protect the integrity of the nation whom you have made a vow to defend. And so, we are told this morning that when it comes to discipleship, that it is simply a call to become more like the master every passing day. Discipleship is a call to become as the one whom you are following. Discipleship is a call to follow. Discipleship is a call to live like one. When it comes to discipleship, it is different from an ordinary believer, from a nominal believer. Because while some things are optional for a believer, for a disciple, the words of his master are final and they are ruling. For a Christian, he can choose to live his life the way he so pleases. But for a disciple, a disciple's language is a language of the slave and a master. And so if you go to Mark chapter 1, and you see verse 16 to 17. Because at one point, me, I began to, began to seek and to find out. At the end of this study, I asked myself, why is the cost to discipleship so hard? Why is a call to discipleship a call to hardness? It was now that I began to understand the letters of Paul to Timothy, to Philemon, and to Titus. Because a man who said to an, a young man at 17 years, endure heart. At 17 years, you should be looking for your first girlfriend, if not the fifth one, depending as the case may be. At 17 years, you should be talking about your sixth ex. That the, sixth, that the last one is your sixth ex. At that age, you should be thinking of how to get a smartphone in order to be trending on social media. What would make Paul say to Timothy at age 17, endure hardness? What did Timothy do to offend Paul that Paul will not, act, that, that Paul will not forgive? So I sought to understand what is this life of discipleship all about? Why is it so, such a stringent standard? Why is it such a high demand? And I saw in Mark 1, 16 to 17. And the Lord says, and they came, mm, 16 to 17. And now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net onto the sea, into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. The call of Christ to disciples is a call to reform the world. The call of Christ to disciples is a call to affect your world. Is a call to revolutionize your world. Is a call to impact the nations of the earth. It is a plan that is meant for minimum global scale. You are not getting what I'm saying. When God is calling someone to discipleship, that call to discipleship is that in your vocation that you are doing, 
it will be the tool through which God desires to reach the whole world. So for example, if you are in this campus, it is not just enough that you are in that department. Whatever is your fishing apparatus, whatever is your fishing vocation, God wants to use that same ability and skill, but this time around, he wants to affect the whole campus. And so, when God, Jesus called the first set of people, he made it very clear, this is my intention for you. You will not be fishers of fish only, you will be fishers of men. And in the Great Commission, when he was about to leave, his call was not go into the world and make believers, go into the world and make Christians. He said to the apostles, he said, the same thing I took you through such that about now, in few days to come, I'm about to release a spirit upon you and you will go out and take the world by storm. Raise men in similar capacity. And that is what is recorded in Matthew chapter 28 and in verse 19 to 20. Go ye therefore into all these nations and make what? Disciples of all men. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. His intention is that you go and you teach people, and they will become disciples. That is what gives us the assurance of lo, I am with you always. If your assignment is to fulfill what Jesus started in Mark chapter 1, verse 16. If you go to Mark 16 itself, what he started in Mark 1, 16. If you go to Mark 16 itself, and then you begin from verse 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. You will see him say, that thing that I started with you, Peter, I have committed the charge to you. And so, you realize that in the last days, therefore, what God desires to be raised out of every church is not just believers, but disciples. Disciples who understand that one of their calling is, is a calling to an army to be enlisted for the purposes of a master that called them to defend the integrity of the nation which they are protecting, the kingdom. To pick up arms as it were enlisted in Ephesians 6, beginning from verse 10, 11, 12 to 18. That even the prayer you are praying is an instrument for you to conquer the world for Christ. If at the end of your prayer and your fasting, disciples are not made, then the purpose to which you were given that weapon has not been fulfilled. And so he said, go into the world, make disciples of all nations. Now we are going to discover the conditions for this discipleship. According to Luke, beginning from verse 14, chapter 14, verse 25 to 33. We will consider it one by one. But before we go there, there's something that, because that, at the end of this teaching now, you know whether you are a disciple or you are a believer. I thank the Lord so much for God's servant who has taken us through who is a disciple. Now, what, who is a disciple? What, a disciple? what discipleship means and what discipleship is. So, my teaching in this session is spiritual discipleship. Principles for following Christ for every believer, part two. Spiritual discipleship. Principles. For following Christ for every believer, part two. Now, let's see first of all the nature of every believer. Matthew chapter 5, 
verse 1. Can you give me a little bit speak? Because most times you control me. So make it, make the rhythm a little bit pronounced and then make it a little bit fast so that I can be fast. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. Seeing the multitudes. Now, the mindset of a, a, of a disciple is different from that of an ordinary believer. The principles of a disciple is different from that of an ordinary believer. The character of a disciple, of a disciple is different from an ordinary believer. The, the lifestyle of a disciple is different from that of an ordinary believer. The fruit of a disciple is simply the fruit of the Spirit. While a believer can say, I am born again 20 years now, and you can't trace a fruit of the Spirit to that believer, a disciple of one day old, I mean a disciple who has started discipleship today, you will see a fruit in that disciple. You will see a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit of God. And then in conscious growth as a disciple, in following the Master, you look at a disciple someday, and you see that this disciple has come like the Master. Because when you, when you, when you offend him, you will see the manifestation of patience in that he's not, uh, he, he, he doesn't react in anger. When, you are, when situations are supposed to make people sad, you will see that believer, that disciple, that they see the expression of joy in, in her inside. When you realize and look around and everyone in that place around him is filled up in corruption and perverseness. But because the fruit of the Spirit is working in, in that disciple's inside, you will see that the way Christ was able to overcome temptations and walk for 33 and a half years and was victorious over sin, you will see that that believer, having grown to become a disciple, will also be able to overcome the challenges of his or her generation. So, we will see that the disciple has a nature. We will see that the disciple has what? A nature. The disciple has a lifestyle. The disciple has a character. The disciple has principles. The disciple has the, a, the, a way of life. That disciple that we will, we will see very soon, it will be obvious whether you are one. And so, the first ever teaching Jesus started, I mentioned this yesterday. The first ever public occasion that Jesus stood out to preach. It started by listing the characteristics of he who must be a part of this kingdom. Anyone who will follow me, calling himself a disciple, this will be the nature of that believer. I would love to point out very, very quickly that the Old Testament in Malachi, the last word in the Old Testament is a curse. When God was talking and said, it, it shall come to pass that before eh, that great day of the Lord, I'm going to send a prophet before them, it shall turn the hearts of the sons to the fathers. And then it shall cause them to repent it, lest I come and strike the earth with a what? A curse. The first ever word that the Son of God will proclaim which breathed the generation and the, a life of salvation for all people was what? Blessed. And that is because when God has created, saved you from darkness and curse and the wrong life and brought you into Christ. It is to be it is when you enter into discipleship that you begin to realize that the blessings of God were not supposed to be a prayer point. They were supposed to come to you as a result of the life of Christ that is in your inside. That a man who has allowed Christ to affect his or her life and change him from the inside to the outside is a man who walks in the practical blessings of divinity. I'm telling you the truth. 
I'm telling you the truth. Jesus came in Matthew chapter 5 and his very first intention was to turn the focus away from an in outward appearance. To turn the focus away from presentation of holiness, physical presentation of discipline. physical. Pre and was telling them that in the kingdom which I am bringing and heralding to you, which you are expected to come into at salvation, there is a way things are done here. Things are happening from the inside to the outside. And if you go through Matthew chapter 5, beginning from verse 3, what is called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes from verse 3 to verse 12 is simply the attitude of a believer. The Beatitudes. The attitudes of a believer. The attitudes of a believer who is growing to become a disciple. And before I start breaking down those scriptures, I'm giving you a foundation. Beatitudes. And so, if a believer must become a disciple, meaning engage in a progressive work of looking more like Christ until he has become full measure and stature of him, we must see these attitudes in that believer. And I, this scripture has always made me to be so excited because I saw that Christ mentioned four inner qualities before mentioning four outer qualities. So let's, let's begin to travel now. Verse 1. And Jesus seeing the multitude. Now, pause. To you, you emphasize in the, in the outside world. Breakthrough is measured immediately in multitudes. Am I right? Multitude of money, multitude of cars, multitude of fame, multitude of followers. You measure your physical stature, eh? your physical level by multitudes. You hear someone say, do you know who I am? In other words, you will know very well. He's trying to say, do you know the connections I have? Do you know the money I have in my account? Do you know, am I right? When you hear someone say, do you know who I am? Are those not the things the person are referring to? And so when the first time Jesus came in his own attitude and seeing the multitudes, how did Jesus respond to multitudes? If you study throughout the book of the Gospels, you'll find out that whenever it gets to a time that Jesus is about to be patronized, Jesus begins to open his mouth and mention that my way is a hard way. Just watch the teachings of Jesus on discipleship. It's always when the multitudes are gathered. Because even consistent in human history, it doesn't take multitudes to change the world. And Jesus never looked for a multitude. Likewise in every church, it is not the multitudes that are changing the church, that are affecting the world, out of the church. It is always a select few. And so when Jesus comes, Jesus will immediately, when multitudes gather, Jesus will immediately start sieving people out. He will do what? Sieving people out intentionally by giving them hard teachings as it concerns its life. And that's what, what is happening to you in this place is that everyone is receiving this teaching, but it's not everyone that is receiving at the same level of acceptance. Because by your own reactions to hard sayings, you have already chosen a place for yourself. If you are good in the Gospels, and that's my favorite area of Scripture, you find out that in John chapter 6, I've said this yesterday, he turned around and said to the disciples, why? He said, at that moment, a lot of people began to leave. And he said to them, why are you people still here? I thought he would even be happy that people remain. But Jesus will never look for a multitude without a heart. Jesus will never look for a multitude without the character. Jesus will never look for a multitude without the nature. Jesus will not be looking for a multitude without the commitment. Jesus' the own, Jesus own principle was that if I will have multitudes, every one of them will be mighty men. 
And that is the same thing that happened with David. That if you are called a mighty man of David, a man of David, you must be a mighty man. There must be an adjective describing you. And so, Jesus' own desire was that men that follow me will not just be patronizers, but they will be committed men. If you want to understand what I'm saying, oh, Manus Cabranda, Holy Spirit, help me now. We to stay on track. Let's go to Luke. Let me, let's do Luke 14 verse 28. Luke 14 verse 28. And so, you find out that whenever Jesus wants to start talking about disciples, John, Luke 14 verse 28. Can you help us? Let's do 26. Let's do 26. And then it says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters here and his own life also, he cannot be what? So that means in the beginning of this discourse, Jesus is talking about discipleship. Now listen to this. Verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, seated not down first and counted the cost? If you go to verse 31, he said, Or what king going to make war against another king, seated not down first? So while we come back to that scripture, I want to take it out and make a point. That the reason Jesus will not be excited by multitudes, but is looking for men with quality heart, not quantity. Quality heart of commitment is that Jesus likened the kingdom of God to two things only in that place. Number one, builder. Because the kingdom of God is to be built. It is, a, it is work. It is work. It will involve work to build. It will involve work to build that you will not just hold tools and instrument of building. You will hold tools and instrument of building on one hand and on the other hand you hold tools and instrument for warfare. So he said which builder intended to build a house? Which king intended to go to war? He likened discipleship to those two things and two things only you can search the rest of the gospel. If you see him likening discipleship to another thing. Because if you, and that makes me brings to mind the story of Nehemiah that Nehemiah stood alone and transformed the nation. He stood alone. He was comfortable in his life. He was the king's cup bearer. It means he was a, he was a, a he had connections in the political space. In fact, he was so close to the king that the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 1 that the king, when he was sad, the king beheld his countenance and said, ah, Nehi, Nehi, you are not always like this. That was his relationship with the king. Yet, that was, it took one man, Nehemiah, to decide, to decide in his heart to affect the nation of Israel for good. And when he went back, he mobilized the whole nation. It took 12 apostles. 12 apostles. Eh? We are adding Matthias that was added in Acts chapter 1 to reform the wall. In Acts chapter 5, it was said, they that turned the world upside down have come in hither. My question is this. How many are we that this campus is not under our control? You will find out that there are many believers, but there are few disciples. That is why even as small as this campus is and compared to our number, we are yet to accomplish great things for God. Because Jesus knew that in this kingdom work, it is building and it is warfare. That's why he said in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, he said, I will build my church, one and two. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so if a man must be found 
advancing the purposes of God. Christ came to restore man to God. Am I right? That's the purpose of salvation. To restore us back to God. When he was about to leave, he committed that same assignment to every one of us. And it is established in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning from verse 17. It said, the life we now live is not our own. It's the life that Christ lived for us. If Christ died that we might be alive, it is therefore justice that we live for him. He said, and he committed unto us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. If you take it to verse 21, you will see that. He departed and committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling man back to God was Jesus' assignment. When he left, he, this time around, he did not limit us unto preaching the gospel only. He said, go ye into the world, into the nations of the earth. In other words, you can be found in, in politics, you can be found in academics, you can be found in medicine, in chapel of praise, you can be found in diverse departments. Albeit, the underlying ministry that you have, if you are a disciple, is the ministry of reconciliation. And so it goes back to say that every one of us are ministers. And it's not just about pulpit ministry. That is why the Bible says in Ephesians 5 verse 12. That the fivefold office was given to prepare members for the work of ministry. Not the five-year-fold ministry. Five-fold offices to do They were prepared, preparing the body for ministry. Can you give me at least, if you, can you try and see the ones you can be giving me so that they will know that I'm not speaking by myself. Give me Ephesians 5 verse 12. Let, let us see that. Ephesians 4, 4 verse 12. Sorry. Ephesians 4 verse 12. 4 verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. And so our impact is minimized because we stopped at becoming at becoming believers. Salvation made us become believers. Submission to a Lord is what takes us to discipleship. If, if, if I was to take a discourse on salvation for you, I will query your salvation. I will show you that what you're calling that you are saved. I will, when, when I finish, I will ask you, do you think you are saved now? Because you know that you picked up one arm when you came out. The other arm, you have not even known it exists. And so, in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, he said, not every one of you that say unto me, Lord, Lord, Not everyone that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will make it into the kingdom of heaven. What do you think this scripture <laughs> meant? There is not everyone that used their mouth to do altar call will enter heaven. Because when you came to the altar call, what did they say? Say after me, Lord. He said, Lord, I come to you today. It's not they that say, Lord, Lord. But it is them that when they left that altar, they continued living, obeying the will of the father that is what proves that he is lord not the speech that is what shows that indeed that your altar confession that you meant it it was not mental assent i said they that say unto me lord lord it's not all but them that do the will of my father if you read on to say you said they will look at him and say but lord I heal the sick in your name. I cast out demons. I prophesied. And I did many wonderful works. He said, I knew thee not. It's not like I didn't see the works. But you, I, didn't, I didn't know you. I saw miracles. I was even thanking God for you. But I knew thee not. Therefore depart ye from me, ye workers of lawlessness. Meaning, locker, meaning rebellers. It's not, iniquity there is not sin. It's lawlessness. 
meaning people that revolt against instructions, against commands. So he's saying, therefore, that they were they claimed Lord, but when an instruction comes, they did not pay attention. So depart from it. This is very essential because after now, the campus is going to be under our command. But we first of all must be under a command. Because it is only commanders that can give command. Eh? It is only those under command, pardon me, eh? that can become commanders. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, when your own disobedience, eh? when your obedience rather has been complete, you now will enter into a place that just by someone touching you is avenged of disobedience. That's how the church will be able to have impact in these days. That's how Chapel of Praise will be able to have impact in these days. That's how the freshers next week that is coming now, we will go all out and there will be no soul among the freshers that will be lost to cultists. Because we are all marching in our ranks under a commandant and we are all commanders. And we are fulfilling a mandate. We are not just doing freshers outreach or evangelism because the church announced it. It is a command from our Lord and all of us are out. And the command is not go out to bring freshers. It's go out to make disciples. So in other words, those freshers come. It is also on us to ensure that they stand and they continue with us. When we went out yesterday, it was to bring in a fresher. When we are going out next semester, the freshers are going with us. We are a man, we are a set of people that are under command to affect our world. But it happens by discipleship. So that is why Jesus was never excited at multitudes. He would never clap. They say, I, yesterday I preached and I had 5,000 members in attendance. He doesn't say, he will start telling them, the kingdom of God is like unto a tower. <laughs> That is why Peter at one point asked him, like I said yesterday, he said, oh God, everything you said we have done, we left off. Some of you cannot pray that prayer. You, some of you cannot pray that prayer. But a, 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 a disciple will pray that prayer at one point. You, to, at a point, to look like this Christianity thing, you're not telling him, sir, what is in it for me? Because, 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 the other day I got a job offer and you told me, said, ah, this one is not the one, this one is not the one. That's what it means. And you will now obey. You know, I will tell this one is not the one. Somebody is asking question that I want to I want to be going. I made a vow. That one is small. It's the one that you the vow for you. Did he tell you after leaving school that before you leave for service, eh? Stay here and serve. Your own is you made a vow that after you are looking for help. When common sense has given you answer, can can he tell you until you you leave for service? Eh? I still have a work for you to do here. Can you stay? No, because one nursing school will come and tell you that to come and teach in Ikorekon and collect twenty thousand, and at the end of every month you treat malaria with seven five, because you work eight eh, eh, seven to eight pm. And he tell you, drop it. I have to stay. So many of you are going to be put through after now. And that's because he will start sieving out the real people that must enter into this army. 
they will start selecting the ones me I want to move with in this season. And if you were here, you didn't listen to the retreat. Find a way and listen to it. Because you, you need to know why you need to be conscripted into this army. This army is built on the bedrock of discipleship. Nothing less. Now, can we, can we do Matthew 5? Matthew 5. Matthew 5. And seeing the multitudes. What did Jesus do when he saw multitudes? No, he, he, he gathered, he immediately said, all of you come together. What did Jesus do when he saw multitudes? So let me give you a picture. Jesus was standing here. And he was about to start preaching. And suddenly the hall was full. He told Peter, find bike. And he went into Istanbulu, the boundary between Nigeria and Cameroon. That's what happened. Sir, you don't climb a mountain in 10 minutes. If you have seen a mountain before, I served in the middle, I, I was surrounded by rocks and mountains. If you, if you have seen a mountain, you don't know that, you don't climb a mountain walking like this. You climb a mountain with your hands and your legs. That's what Jesus began to do when his ministry breakthrough came. You know that job that they will tell you to pay you 120 and you've not sought to ask the voice of God, should I or should I not? That's the situation that Jesus was. Multitudes came. He climbed the mountain. I can imagine the multitudes be like, ah, wait till they do this one. They will now see him struggling up, struggling. And a mountain is such a mountain that you don't climb directly under another person. If somebody's climbing here, you climb here. Because as he's going, if he does mistake and slips, let him fall on his own. Oh, you are not picturing what I'm saying. So I'm sure at one point, Jesus almost he said, Quick, I go here at work. And he was climbing quietly. Now, mind you, multitudes came to him. Multitudes gathered. But when he got to the mountain and when he was set, how many people came to him? Which nature of people came to him? You will all start as believers. It's only disciples that will arrive at Jesus. Everybody will start born again. It is only disciples that will arrive at his nature. Discipleship is following. That's a simple explanation. It is only disciples that will follow to the end. You don't understand what I'm saying. He said in Matthew 24, if these days are not shortened, eh, even the very elect will not be saved. The days that we are going to preceding rapture, you think you have seen evil on the earth. Your salvation is not shown to you, a disciple. I said it. The tempt, temptations that will come to you in years to come, the campus one will look small. Me, I'm telling you from experience. The campus one will look small, and it's not even rapture yet. And those are the natures of temptation that are following men. You are a girl, and you are, and you are about to finish school, and you, maybe you don't have a politician somewhere. The temptations that are coming to you, if you are not a disciple that has said no many times to Satan, I doubt your salvation. It will leak. I hope you know that we still are in contact with a lot of people we finished with. I hope you know that we are not caught away. Yes. So he went up into the mountain. I want to show you something quickly so that you to buttress this point. Thank you, sir. How many of you has a, an original Bible? I call it original Bible. The words of Christ are in red. How many of you? Can I see your hands? All right. Check from Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7, if it's purely in red color. 
Eh? Dipion in red color. Okay, so where does that red color stop? 7 verse 27. Am I right? Two verses to the end. Now, read, everybody read chapter 8 verse 1. What happened? You don't understand what just happened though. Do you understand? I hope you know that the Bible was not written in chapters and in verses. That it was divided into chapters and verses to aid understanding. Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7 is one occurrence, one thing that happened, one message. I want to believe that that's the one when he finished preaching, hunger finished everybody. He had to say if they go, they will die. He was teaching for three days. I know that these three days, some of you are already saying, uh-uh, they didn't even do any snacks, any... They would have done football, chapel, choir, versus chapel decoration. These three days, it's only pray and pray and prayer. We are praying. Jesus was teaching three days non nonstop before you divide. How many of you know that scripture? That 5,000 feeding. I'm sure that at a point, the way Peter was looking at it, Peter was not and I say, Let's find food. Even Peter, yeah, but let's find food. Three days non stop. They were they came under an anointing that they didn't feel hunger, sleep, or tiredness for three days straight. Immediately he stopped teaching, the anointing waved and the hunger. Jesus said, These people were functioning under a spiritual anointing. If I leave them here on this wilderness, none of them will reach their house. Let's find food. Nowadays, if you see a youth program, you see Saturday evening sports, Saturday morning exercise, movie night. Otherwise, all of us will not go. True, yes. We are believers, we have not yet become disciples. And so, Matthew chapter 5 verse 1, he climbed the mountain and the multitudes were at the foot of the mountain. And in how many hours delivered the sick dominion in the kingdom? And when he came down, everybody followed him. Do you now see why he worked miracles for everybody, but the disciples became workers of miracles? Do you now see? While he did miracles for everyone, the disciples became workers also. The things that you are even looking for in God, that prayer and fasting you are about to have also, is just growth. It's just what? The nature of Christ. Oh, let me not say that. Can we do verse 2 now? Verse 2, 3. Let's take it fast now. And he opened his mouth and taught who? Who did he teach? Who are the them? I need you to, be, to hear what I'm saying. The disciples. It's not everybody that he taught this message. This message is not for everybody. This thing, this beatitude now. The nature of a disciple. This is called the nature, the attitude of a disciple. This is not for everybody. He was teaching the disciples only. When he came down, he said, All of you here, anybody that is healed, receive healing, receive this one. But when he wants to make mighty men, he will carry them mountain, mountain, mountain. At a point in God, when he was about to die, the night before he was about to die, he took the twelve to the garden of Gethsemane. He said, tarry here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him. Why did you say tarry and you now took? He took Peter, James, and John and went further again. And now said, you people, you can pray and observe my prayer posture. Because when I'm about to leave, the three of you will be the pillars of this church. You can stay and observe how I pray and my mechanics of prayer such that angels will come down and give me assistance. The rest, don't worry, just we are coming. <laughs> we have what you are doing. Discipleship is real. It's real. 
Can you bow your heads and say, Lord, make me one? Ooh. If that is your desire, if that is your intention, tell God, I don't want to stop at the believer stage. I want to get to discipleship. Is this how hungry people pray? Amen. Bandina. Oh God, upon your church chapel of peace, we will not stop at believers. You will make disciples of all men. You will make disciples of all men. Our cry in these three days is that we came in as believers. We'll go out having begun the work to discipleship. The church will not suffer the suffering of having believers in the position that disciples ought to occupy. Oh Lord, our God and Father, this is our cry. Hear us in Jesus' name. So let's see personal qualities and let's see the social qualities. I said the first four are personal and we'll run through them quickly. The character of a disciple. Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This refers to spiritual inadequacy. The disciple is never confident in his works. I touched this yesterday, am I right? So I'm going to rush over it. The believer is never confident in his works. Poverty in spirit refers to a position of inadequacy in the spirit. You know you charge 10, 10 hours every night. You fast three times every week. But at the point of every time that you are in communion, you are still bowed. You still have maintained the posture that God, it is not enough. It is not by works. It is you. It is you. It is by your spirit. For the letter killer, it is the spirit that make it alive. Despite your spiritual exercises, do you still maintain a position that you know that on your own you can do nothing, but with the Father all things are possible? Do you still maintain a consciousness or have you arrived at a place that you know that I can move as I used to move like Samson? I can move. I can do all I used to do. I don't need to be particular about certain dealings. I can move at any time. Have you gotten to a posture of total dependency on God? Because I want to give you an example of a man called Gideon. When Gideon, when an angel appeared to Gideon in Judges chapter 6, don't worry, don't go there. And he appeared to Gideon and he said to Gideon, he said, Oh, mighty man of valor, well done in what you are doing. Meanwhile, Gideon was so confused that he was threshing um, uh, wheat in a, in a wine press. A place that we are supposed to be producing wine, that's where he was threshing corn. When, when the devil is against you, even foolishness will look like wisdom to you. And then an angel appeared unto him. Oh, mighty man of valor. And he said, ah, you are seeing the wrong person. Am I a mighty man? It's not enough that the Philistines are almost running over, uh, which nation now? Are almost running over the Israelites. I am the least in my father's house. And my father's house is the least in my tribe. And my tribe is the least in the nation of Israel. What did the angel reply him? Ooh, what did the angel reply him? Oh God, Bible study. He said, go in this thy might. When you study a scripture, Paul and ask the Holy Spirit question, which might is the angel referring to? That might of inadequacy, go in it. That might that you have recognized that I am the least, just go in it. This might that you've recognized that despite the fact that an angel, some of us, the day an angel appears to us, we will tell mama that I'm preaching on Friday. Me, I'm telling you that I'm preaching on Friday. I don't know whether you made plans, though, but I saw an angel yesterday. And he gave me something to tell the church. <laughs> I am preaching on Friday, man. The word I have for the church, if the church misses it, they are not. <laughs> A man saw an angel, and yet the only thing he could think of was his inadequacy. That is why Mary got a different judgment from Zechariah. 
He saw an angel. She saw an angel. Hell, thou woman, uh, blessed are thou among women. He said, you got the wrong person. Do you, I don't even know me. I don't, who am I that I'm even blessed among women? The generations of the upright shall call you blessed. Spiritual inadequacy. That at the end of it all, I recognize that without your help, I am nothing. If you don't help me, if you don't help me, where else can I go? No way. No way. If you don't help me, where else can I go? No way. No way. No way. Run to you. Can you sing it if you know it? I run to you. Can you look at a particular area in your life that you are feeling that man in adequacy and tell him, I run to you. This thing will destroy me if you don't help me. I run to you, Jesus. Maybe it is pride. Maybe it is an addiction. Maybe it is a weakness. Maybe it is indiscipline. Tell him I run tonight. Caparo Sadena. Radiando Tasi. I see loins being broken. I see loins. I see bondage upon loins being broken. A tie around loins being broken right now. Whatever has held you captive, run to Jesus tonight. I run. Amen. runs to you. I run to you. I run to you. Can you pray? Can you pray one minute? If you don't help me, if you don't help me, where else can I go? Jesus, I have searched and found no way. No way for me, oh, no way for me, oh. I have no help on the earth. You are my Ebenezer. You don't have me. Amen. 
I sense that the Spirit of God is working things no in the heart way. of people. Can you stop what you are doing and pray? I'm an no If you are not praying, can you pray in this hour? If you want to surrender on your feet, you can surrender. If you want to go on your knees to the big surrender, you can. Any one of them, and you ask the Lord, I sense the Spirit of God is accomplishing something upon souls and upon hearts right now. If you don't help me, yeah. Where else can I go? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Break yoke, so break yoke, so remove us. Remove that brother from that pit. Remove that sister from that pit. That pit that she has been covered, put by the devil and covered. Remove her. Remove her. Remove him. All over this place right now. No way. To you, I run to you, I run to you. I run to you. Oh, yeah, Barita Son. Can you ask the Lord? I run to you tonight. Do not in this place the Lord is tearing such nets right now anyone trapped in a pit here and covered the Lord is bringing you out anyone established in darkness and there has been no light upon your destiny light is shone right now by the power in the name of Jesus I decree deliverance I decree liberation I decree right now that the Lord is bringing you out bringing you out breaking bondages no more no more you will never return to that pit anymore. Can we can we go ahead in the name of Jesus? Can you maintain that prayer posture for the remnant of the hours that with the period that we have? Verse 4. He said, Just help us, please. See how fast you can do it. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's talking about a nature 
of having a, you know mourning that place of inadequacy should drive you to mourning 10 minutes should drive you to a place of mourning you that when you have realized your inadequacy your prayer life will not be a, a vain show of blabbings it will be a place of mourning this morning here is not the morning that someone has died it's the morning realizing how empty you are and at the end of every day that jesus if you don't help me i am nothing so it will place you in a place of the prayer of the sinful the the prayer model of the sinful man that was recorded in the by jesus's story he said he did not even think that you know he, he didn't his heart was his head was bowed, smoting upon his breast, and he was Oh God, help me. Sumba, help me, help me, help me, help me. The language of a man who is mourning is a language for help at all times. Because there's something that the confidence, a, a, a false confidence in the flesh will give to you. It will give you a, 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 an assumption that at any point there's a point in time that you will not need the assistance of the Holy Ghost. It will give you a sense that your prayer life is sufficient. It will give you a sense that you have studied the word enough. You can move at any time. It will give you a sense that you are an expert in singing. And therefore, anytime you are called upon, you will perform. But if you are them, them that have recognized a place of spiritual inadequacy, it will drive you to a place of mourning. That even the more I see, uh, it's not even measured up to the things that God has shown concerning my life. The more I'm, I'm, I am fellowship, uh, the more I am even seeing what people call results and are celebrating me therefore. It is driving me to a... Give me the next verse. And after that, that mourn, you find out that they are the meek. Cause it to produce humility inside you when you have recognized that after inadequacy it is bringing me to a mourn. A mourning is, I repeat, it's not the morning of self pity or self condemnation. It's the morning of actual realization of divine assistance at all times. It will now make you meek. Meekness will not be a message that needs to be taught. Humility will not need to be communicated to you at every point in time. You might say, "I am the head of prayer unit," but when you are about to pray, you it will seem that you are meek. You might say, "Hey, I am the head of the music and the choir." But when you are given an opportunity to minister a song, it will be done in a position of realization of inadequacy, which is resulting in humility. It will be a man that people will look at and say, this humility is not a physical one. This is a humility of the spirit. When you see men like Iya Adeboye, exemplify, exemplify abnormal realms of humility. This is the things that they know and they practice every day. Because even though I am the head of the biggest church, arguably in the whole world, God leaves me, I am reduced to nothing. Go and ask Saul the day you get to hell or heaven, as the case may be, and ask Saul and said, How come the Lord rejected you? It was because Saul one day stood up and said, For the fear of what people will say, eh, let me sacrifice this thing for people are putting pressure on me. At the point in time, he thought that because the Lord chose him, he was head and shoulders taller than everyone in Israel, in, including Samuel. It therefore means that if the Lord is the one confessing that I am head and shoulder tall than everyone, including Samuel, I can do what Samuel would have done. That's when the Lord told him. What you didn't realize was that every man office has a limit. Eh? And Samuel, for me, is a man after, very close to me. And you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. I have taken the kingdom from you. This is the nature of a disciple. If you go to the next verse, he said, Blessed are they which, when they are humble now, at the end of it, it drives them to a place of hunger. A place of hunger. I was telling a set of people who were praying. I said, your prayer life will struggle until you have an impartation of hunger. It is hunger that fears prayer. It is hunger that fears word study. It is hunger that fears relationship. Hunger is the language of a disciple. And every day of his life is hungry for more of the master. Lord, I am not looking like you. Why am I observing failures of the flesh? When a, whereas, every day, I have listened to three passages today. Pray 
prayed for three hours and look at the weakness in my flesh. Lord, I hunger, I hunger. This is my language. My language is that of thirst. That no matter what I have, I have not had as much as what, has, what God is eager to release. No matter how much I have seen. I know I have seen the grace of God at work. But I am not satisfied. Do you know what the Bible says? It said they will not be filled. They will only be satisfied. Because if you are filled, there is no space to put more. But if you are satisfied, you realize that your satisfaction today will become a dissatisfaction tomorrow. So he does not fill those that are hungry and thirsty after righteousness. He only satisfies them. Uh, you, sorry, pardon me. He does not satisfy. Rather, he only fills them. Because the, the capacity of their cup is expected to increase every day. And so, he satisfies them. That is where they will remain. But he only fills according to what they brought to measure. So, after tonight, one of the things that happen is that your capacity is stressed. When you come again for tomorrow morning, your hunger will take a different level. Am I right? He doesn't satisfy. He fills. But dissatisfaction will remain, even though you are filled, because your vessel is expected to increase at every time. Remember, the whole essence of this whole thing is that we are the vessels carrying the Spirit of God. We are expected to increase in capacity. And when he talked about four personal qualities, he got into the next verse. He now started to say, if you are a disciple, it will show how you relate to others. And the first thing he said, they are the merciful. They are the merciful. After imbibing four personal qualities, we will now see that there will be four outstanding qualities likewise. There will be them that practice mercy. They will practice mercy. They have mercy towards the saved. They have mercy towards the unsaved. They are compassionate in spirit. Irrespective of what a disciple has, a disciple does not believe that it is for him alone. He knows and he knows for sure that what I have is not for me. It is for my brother in church. It is for my sister in church. If you are merciful, you will not go and ask a girl to come and sleep with you in church because you know that that will destroy our destiny and that will destroy the church. But because you are not merciful, that is why we are seeing some certain manifestations of nonsense inside church. If you are merciful, and you are a candidate to obtain mercy. You look at your brother and sister in church. And your only desire be how can I help her? How can I be in a position to aid her spiritual growth? Not to be bringing her down. And if you are a girl, a boy will come to you. They're merciful. You tell him, sir, oh, can you go home and read your Bible? Can you start practicing the things where you are taught? Because this communication you are having with me, it doesn't behove of you as a leader. Blessed are the merciful. The merciful are also those that are compassionate towards the unsaved. When your exercise for soul winning is not limited only to the time that is advertised in church. Now even in your lodge, you can take the name of your neighbor and begin to pray. You will give your life to Christ. Before I leave this university, this will be the number of people Jesus that I'm going to give to you. And my, room, my neighbor is going to be one of them. My roommate is not saved. I am going to give you him as one of them. And you are going to pray over the life every night, every day. Come Passionate in spirit, the same hunger, burden, the same messy nature that brought Christ to die on the cross. If you have received Him and you are following Him as a disciple, it will work in your inside. So, winning will not be a responsibility of the evangelism unit alone. Even choir will come for rehearsal one day and say, Today we are not rehearsing, we are going out. We are going out. Today we want to win souls because everyone will understand that the mandate. Eh? is for everyone and not just for a specific set of people. The first external quality expected of a disciple is that of mercy. The next one, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When the Bible is talking about purity in heart, how what the content of your thoughts that can be obtained in your heart when it concerns to your brother and your sister? Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
they shall see God. Blessed are they who retain purity in their hearts because God will not be able to open their hearts to have divine fellowship with them. Not that every time, but in time, there is someone that you are envying. There is someone you are jealousy. There is someone who has taken residency, three bedroom flat inside your heart in the same church of God. You are not a disciple. You are a believer. We should wonder what became of you. You are not a disciple. Blessed are the pure in heart because they are the ones that would have room enough for God to come in and visit. And then blessed are the peacemakers, the third one. There's the word is peacemakers. The word is peacemakers. I know some, there are many people that love peace. There are many people that love peace. These are not the peace lovers. There are many people that can maintain peace. These are not peace maintainers. The Bible is saying peacemakers, them that will enter into a midst of chaos, chaos and cause peace. They went into a mist of a, a lot of hot and everywhere. People are hurting each other. People are fighting each other. A lot of commotion everywhere. And they make peace to reign. They cause peace to come out of the root of the situation. They are not there that when they speak to people, all they end up doing is incite one against another. They are peacemakers. The nature he is called the prince of peace for a reason. He came to establish peace between divinity and humanity. If you are a man that has recognized that you are a disciple and these are the natures that should be embodied in you, you will realize that every time you are in the midst of conflict and confusion, you are there to shine as light and bring peace to the warring partners. Blessed are the peacemakers. And the last for they shall be called the children of God. This will give them a reputation on campus. That if it is this one, I can vouch that this one is a child of God. If it is this one, ah, leave that one. No. That one is a, that girl. Eh, there's nothing you say concerning her that she will agree. That one is a child of God. Better go and look for another girl to do nonsense with. That is the kind of discussions that should be had concerning you. If people can have convictions that you are a child of God, the number of men disturbing your life will be limited. And then, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness sake. Oh, the last one is one, the one I love so much. A disciple will not see that the persecu- will not see persecution as an excuse to have wisdom. You know the language we say? I say, Omo, it is wisdom, or it is wisdom. It is wisdom. Men, you, you know, you have to practice wisdom. A disciple does not fear persecution. A disciple do- is not afraid of being accused for his master's sake. A disciple is not afraid of being spoken at the back, of being gossiped because of his love for Christ and his love for the kingdom. The Bible says, I have reserved the kingdom of heaven for as many that are persecuted for my sake. You know, Jesus said, the cup that I drink, you wash and be baptized of my baptism. The discipleship is a call to be a cross. It's a call to be a cross. And a cross is a symbol of persecution. Jesus said, the path that I walk, all of you must walk. And those were his disciples. And therefore, if you must be disciples today, you will definitely walk the path that Christ walked. And the path that you walked was a part of carrying a cross. You will carry the cross. I want you to know in this place that the cross does not refer physically to a physical wood thing that you will carry. Maybe you came home and then your roommate ate your food. You now say, ah, that is my cross to bear. That's not the cross Jesus was referring to here. Maybe after you have had an, a misbehavior and people are not talking about you on campus, you know, I say, that's my cross. That's not the cross. The cross Jesus is referring to that, ah, if any man must follow me, he must deny himself and carry his cross daily and follow me. He's referring to a constant war between the members of your soul and the intentions of the Father for your spirit, from your spirit. That's the cross. Then Jesus came. The cross that Jesus carried, the symbol was that it was not his will. Nevertheless, if it is thy will, I am willing to die. Personally, I will say, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, if it is your will, let it be done. 
that is a symbol of the cross. The cross was not the wooden statue that Jesus carried. Simon of Cyrene helped him carry that. When Jesus was saying, you will carry my cross, he was referring to that place when there will be a, 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 an intersection between your will and the will of the Father concerning you. Which one will you follow? That is when he talks about cross. That is when he talks about being persecuted for my Father's sake, for the kingdom's sake. When you realize that if not for God, when someone slaps you and you remember that you have the nature of a disciple, that is the cross. That is the cross. When people come to persecute you just because you are a believer, someone carries your phone and says, what will you do? And you look at yourself and you know that a slap will reset life. And you tell him, please give me back. That is the cross. When your will, your chest has already gone out to show him very well that they don't joke with you. When I hear believers make such statements, like, I will see a, be- a believer who has not risen to a disciple. Everybody knows me, oh, and me, me, I don't take nonsense. I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm like this. I don't take nonsense for a living. If you talk to me, I talk to you. Whether you are the unit leader or not, me, everybody knows that I respect myself. Let everybody respect themselves. You see a language of a carnal man. My father does not, see, me, everybody knows, so my father does not talk to me any, anyhow. Even your ability to bridle your tongue. People are talking against you and you, you wanted to excuse that. And the Holy Spirit says, keep quiet. That is the cross. And then they are persecuting you continually. And the Holy Spirit says, keep quiet. I am the one who will avenge you. Some of you don't realize that the people you will take and fight on behalf of God. What God would have done would be to kill him. There will be no remembrance. You now went and slapped him. Which one is better? I run to you. This calling, high calling, God needs to be the one giving you grace. God has to be the one giving you grace. The next verse verse 11 he said blessed are ye when men shall revile you persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for whose sake it's not because you deserve it this is not the one that you did and people talked this is the one that is for jesus sake for jesus sake for jesus sake and look at her look at her her clothes have never sized her look at her Hey, look at her. Look at look at look at her back. Look at the way she does. Look at she does not even go around where mates are going around. Look at him. He cannot even if you hear a young man say say things like eh, me, me like this. There's no BA me I've not tested though. But it's a believer. Me, I've tested champion, tested star, tested. Eh, uh, the Bible did not say we should sin now. The Bible said did not say we should not drink beer. I'll see a man who is not a disciple. Things are lawful, but not things are speaking. We are not questioning that Jesus said, don't do this. Jesus said, don't do that. If you do it, does it show a symbol of Christianity? Does it make you, does it make you appear? Does it further your testimony? That's the kind of things we are talking about. There is no way written in the Bible that Jesus must die. He would have sat down in heaven, let Gabriel come and die. We are waiting for what Jesus said expressly so that you will not do. You are not a disciple. There are things that will be personal dealings that the Spirit of God will bring to your notice. This one, and even if everybody does it, don't do it. Tried my undergraduate days. He said, don't wear a watch to preach. I am fascinated by watches. I love watches. I love watches. I, I love watch to the last. 
throughout my undergraduate days, I wear what to school, and if I'm preaching in the evening, I have to remove it. Because you will preach and your mind will be on the watch, remove it. And for good all the years I spent here, I never wore a watch one time. There are dealings that he will take you through if he must use you to impact the world. But if you want to be an ordinary nominal believer, you are free. You don't have to go through any special dealing. And, and let me tell you, give me the next verse now. Let me make this point. He said, rejoice when all of these things happen. What should be your response? You are not a disciple. That's why you are grumbling. Eh? They say every morning, and I say, and now me, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to church. I'm doing all of this one. And look at what is happening to me. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted day the prophet will be before you. You know, so many of us believers in this age that the Jews uh, uh, say that we, when we get to heaven, we will not be uh, we will not be able to open our mouth in heaven. So many believers of this age. Because when Peter said that they were about to crucify me, and I said, I don't deserve to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me upside down. When James would say that I am I am not deserve to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me in an X cross. When people like Thomas, they used a club and broke his head, bashed his head and he died. When people like John, they put him in a boiling cauldron and he escaped. And then he went into an isle of Patmos and was there for two years till he died. Nobody knew his grave. Nobody buried him. After writing Revelation, the Lord took him. They had no remembrance of any some sort. No burial ground. No grave. When those people will share their testimonies, when people like Daddy Joe Adeboye will talk about how in their youthful age they will go to a Muslim community and there and preach the gospel and then they will look for them to kill them at night and to escape when people like our chaplain will explain how they left a choiceful life to come and suffer in a village for the sake of people what will be the testimony oh you will say that sunday that rain fell me i i came i came now rain was beating me now and i i was even angry that they said i didn't come on time and i told my unit leader have you not seen that rain is falling Great is their reward in heaven. I tell you the sincere truth. It is small, but let me just use this to tell you the truth. Eh? That at a point on my birthday, a watch was imported outside the country for me. A same person who was told not to wear any watch. It was sent for me and I was called and said it is outside. And it is sent from outside the country as a birthday gift. It is small. No matter what God is making a demand from your life, it is small. The only thing that is great is your reward that is in heaven. In these days and times, when the Lord will look for soldiers to reward, it will not be a function of age or of gender. He will pick you up from where you are and see your consistency and your commitment in serving God in the days that you were in campus and will raise you up in, in, in outside this place. When you are able to impact your small world for him, outside these four walls will not be a difficulty. When you are able to serve the Lord God, not serving man, not looking for man's acknowledgement up and down, even the God Almighty will stand with you outside. Great is the reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. So you should rejoice and be exceedingly glad. If I ask how many of you here, tell me one story that the, the, the discipleship cost you. You will not have it. You will not have it. What has discipleship cost you? I said one last night. What has it cost you? If any man shall not hate his father, his mother, his brethren, his, his husband and his wife and children, he cannot, even if you try to be, you cannot. And the word hate there, to balance it, doesn't refer to hatred as it were. It means, if you don't love me more than this once, it's, an, it's talking about an equation of love, the, the worth of the love. 
God must be supreme in his love. Such that when you compare your love for God and your love for these ones, it will look like you hate these ones. That's what I meant last night. That I've been here for close more than two months now and I've seen my biological mother countable on one hand. That's what, if you weigh it with whereas I am around, it looks like I hate her. And that's what... Discipleship will cost you. This life is not, is not, is not an easy life. It's a life that you will grow and you look at a reaction that you should give. But you are reminded that this is for the kingdom's sake. And you keep quiet and you leave. And the Lord will look at you. I have a story of a young man. And then he was about to go home by a back gate. And the Lord told him, use the front gate. He said, ah, I'm already close to back gate. He said, use the front gate. He said, Haba, is somebody going to kill somebody in the back gate? Notice he said, use the front gate. And he left the back gate and walked back and took the front gate to school to turn to home and turned and when he was going he said so holy spirit why did you say i should use the back gate was there an arm robber waiting for me the holy spirit said i was just checking your obedience there's nothing you can go home now and on those small matters and when you build pedigree you build in those small matters that is when you build a record a track record in heaven when paul was saying taught me not for i be on me the marks of christ he was not talking about spiritual marks he was talking about physical marks have you seen the gospel i have hazarded my life for it if you taught me you will die i am so that god has stood eh? god has seen sacrifice there are many reasons that some people maybe some of you by mistake have encountered it Permit me to say about the God, God servant. Maybe you said something negative and you didn't know. What how your life went that week? You know that God works with men based on track records. And the Lord looks upon the measure of the sacrifice you took upon herself as a woman. It's not a man, as a woman. Even a careless statement, you come under judgment. That's what Paul meant by I bear on my body the marks of Christ. He said in fastings often, in prayers often, in hungers often, in watchings often, under the in water in the deep, three days, in stripes, 40 save one. What is your testimony as a disciple? Is it to stay back like this and attend retreat for three days? That's your testimony. Men have given their men have given everything. When they possession, a disciple knows that God is the honor I am a steward. I know many times what you think about is God, what should I give you out of this? That's not, you know, and many times when you do that, you carry your shoulder and say, I, I ask God, what should I give you out of this? Thing? Are you the owner? Your language should be God, out of all this, how many should I keep for myself? Yes, that's the language of a disciple. It's not God, how many should I give you from this? How many should I keep for myself? Because not that you have that you did not receive. Tonight, Jesus, this is the last session on discipleship. Rise up on your feet. What's your desire? What is your desire? What is your desire? I am ending here and they will shut down for tonight. In case you are expecting that something else will be added, nothing will be added. My charge to you is, are you a disciple? If you are not, can you begin to desire the message of God? Right where you are standing, desire the message of God in this hour. Can you raise your voice and pray? The first prayer we are going to pray is, Father, 
kill flesh, Lord. The flesh is the greatest resistance to discipleship. Can you say with me, Father? Kill flesh, Lord. Say again, Father. Kill flesh, Lord. Say, Father, in my life, destroy all forms of carnality. Can you pray in the name of Jesus? Go ahead, go ahead. I give you time to pray. This is not that season where you expect someone to help you. This is not that season where you expect someone to charge you up to pray. I charge you. Anala, 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 eyele. Are there disciples in the house? Can you ask the Lord to destroy every limitation of the flesh? Simaneto Ayala la la this Run to you tasko baratania Baratania Eleke de Mansuza Eliaman de Berete Caparata Elekedelo, Elekedelo, Amamayao, Amamayao, Estia Mande. In the name of Jesus. Hold on. Can we have Galatians 5 and 17? Let me show you why you are not making a lot of progress. You leave your seat. Leave your seat. Just look for a place and be free because you're about to pray. Leave your seat. Leave your seat. If you want to step, step forward about to pray. Galatians 5 verse 17, 17. I want to show you why you are not making a lot of progress. For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. When the spirit has been administered like it has tonight, there is always that element of the flesh resisting it. Progress is difficult when you don't fully subscribe to the government of the spirit. Progress is difficult. Progress is a challenge. The elements of the flesh that are still in your life, all of them must drop tonight. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of prayer I want you to pray. The kind of prayer to know that your life depends on it. Every element of the flesh resisting my spiritual advancement. Every element of the flesh resisting my growth. Every element of the flesh resisting my becoming more like Jesus. Oh God, tonight let it drop. Can you pray now? Can you pray now? Can you pray? Hey, are there believers who need help of God? If you have to start by repentance, start by repentance tonight. If you want to start by repentance, start by repentance tonight. Hey, 
Yes, kabara mane. Ali manelo, ali manelo, ali manelo, ali manelo. Emenele re takwa takabareto. Jesus. Kill flesh. Ay 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 ay, shinabe abara. Everything resisted the advancement of my spirit resisted the settlement of your water and the establishment of your spirit. Let flesh every water in chapel of praise saving from a place of flesh. Tonight you are delivered. Tonight, 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 every influence of the flesh comes under the government of the spirit. Tonight, every lust of the flesh comes under the judgment of the spirit. Tonight. Sin will not be tolerated in your rooms. 
on your toilets, on your verandas, wherever that sin always finds expression. I bring it under judgment of fire tonight. That place of convenience for masturbation, that place of convenience for fornication, that place of convenience for envy, that place of convenience for gossip, that place of convenience, it comes under judgment tonight. convince me you are praying to something to enter into something so don't and at any point believe that maybe you are doing it to help me if you are someone that you need to sit down and call on God of chapel of praise to deliver you tonight don't look at your neighbor your destiny race is individual if you are someone that you need to kneel down on the altar and call on the God of chapel of praise do it for your own sake meanwhile give me Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 3 4 5 and 6 blessed are the poor in spirit for this is the kingdom of God so many times confidence that you have is false I am going to show you a church is a set of people that they thought they had all these qualities. Poor in spirit, dead among the meek, and they thought they hungered and thirst after righteousness. They didn't know that there was a veil put over their eyes. What they called righteousness, what they called fire, in the, they didn't know that in the spirit it was filthiness. Let's do Revelation 3 and verse 18. If you, if you, let's start from verse 17 and then we'll do to verse 19. If you want to know the story very well, we'll start from verse 15. Oh, I Baras, talk. Manete Eswala, Ukupa Maneta. 
Erekikumba daka dikada kudaki kadanita umbra tena vinatesco bada takina tonight is that night of enlistment but the enlistment is not by come out and stand in front it's by denying the flesh and carrying up the cross let's do this i know that works watch read read i know that works you are neither cold nor hot i would even prefer if we were cold or hot verse 16 so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot i will spew you out of my mouth meanwhile these are people that say they are hot and on fire because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched miserable, poor blind, naked these are people that said I, 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 am, I, I am rich I pray in tongues I meanwhile I am not against these things I always very essential to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not yet appear don't wait until the shame of your nakedness appears before you start addressing it don't wait until masturbation robs you of your destiny before you address it don't wait until fornication has put you in a prison yard of the devil before you address it. Don't wait until gossip and each of these things have robbed you of a glorious destiny before you, you address it. Anoint your eyes with answer that thou mayest see. 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Cry and say, Lord, anoint my eyes with eyes Let my real self be open. Because after this prayer, the next prayer we will pray, you have to acknowledge your, your inadequacy. This prayer now is to help you see inadequacy. That the Lord should show you where you think you are standing. But you know that you are fallen. That the Lord should see. Can you bow your heads and pray? Hey, where you think you are standing, that you have failed. Where you think you are doing well, that you have fallen. Where you think that heaven is, hey, this is my servant, oh. But you have gone far that the Lord should show you tonight. Can you pray? Can you pray? Can you pray? Jesus, 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 look upon us with the gaze of mercy. Jesus, eliminos koma manana teleke me matala eno mokom de filiete rusko balia aletende tende shina mobokobo romene teskene de hika mana tuaka odondele ne umgado umgado do etekos kabande bedeto ekabanda bedeto kondo bedeto ekabedeta na sonda ba embrekete kapa revetonga dabeto ekabede kabanda tonga erekende kapa esibando abanda taka can you pray? Pray, 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 pray. Simana Show me, show me in the areas where I am failing. I want to make amends tonight. And when the Lord has shown you, begin to ask the Lord, I repent, I repent. Begin to tell God that tonight, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent. I repent. Uh, 
Please don't pass around and not pray. If you are pacing around, ensure that you are crying. Ensure that you are crying. Ensure that these tears you will not cry it again once and for all. Look upon me, Jesus. Look upon me, Jesus. Look upon me, Jesus. I am a Let only you be seen. Let only you be seen. Oh. Over my life, oh Yahweh. Over my life, oh Yahweh. Let only you be seen. Let only you be seen. Oh. Yahweh, you will be seen. Bless that day which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Can you raise your voice right now and ask the Lord, I need hunger, hunger, hunger for righteousness, hunger for righteousness. Hunger for righteousness. That's your prayer. Sadakapani. Hunger for righteousness. Hunger. 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 The solution to so many of what is happening to you is the right hunger. The way you used to have hunger for bad things. The way you can have hunger for addiction. Christ can become your addiction. Prayer can become your addiction. The word of God can become your addiction. Holiness can become your addiction. Righteousness can become your addiction. Ask the Lord right now. Tonight. Jesus. Jesus, you are my addiction. You are my addiction. You are the hunger that I desire. You are the test that I desire. I hunger after you if I shall die. Feel me tonight. I want to run over. I want to run over. Feel me up. Till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Kai, 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 Kai. Tell him, Jesus, you are my addiction. Ana maile sia kabala eveneto eveneto la mina kura emina kuvesia tola meneo shakapata ereketenzo dina namanta kaba 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 elokodo kudukuto aranda beto oh lord aswata aswata we hunger we hunger i hunger 
for more of you, more of you. More, 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 more. Oh God, I am addicted to righteousness. Whoosh. Right where you are, can you put your hand on your chest? Say, Father, tonight. Say, Father, tonight. Father, tonight. Father, tonight. I renounce flesh and all of its works. I renounce flesh and all of its works. From tonight, there is no contention in my members between this flesh and the spirit. For from tonight, I am ruled by the spirit. From tonight, I come under government of the spirit. From tonight, I subscribe to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I, I accept the call to discipleship. I know it will cost me, but I've received grace. I will follow you all the days of my life until I have apprehended you, until I have become like you, until it is said that that is a man of the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Every day of my life, I live in anticipation of rapture. My life is not my own. This life is yours. Come and own it. From tonight, every contention between my will and your will, I decree that your will will gain preeminence. I pick up my cross. I deny myself. And I follow you. Whatever it will cost. Whatever it will cost. Whatever it will cost. I receive grace to pay. I receive grace to pay. I will go wherever you lead. I will do whatever you send. I will say whatever you ask. And I will do whatever pleases you. From tonight... Finding covenant from tonight. Finding covenant. Can you say your name from tonight? Finding covenant. A legal bond servant. From tonight. Don't say it if you don't mean it. From tonight. Finding covenant. A slave unto your purposes. From
from tonight finding covenant an addiction to your will from tonight finding covenant an addiction to your purpose from tonight finding covenant a man who will not desire anything else but you and you alone a man who will find satisfaction in nothing else but you and you alone a man who will find satisfaction in no one else but in you and you alone and again i ask you own my life I pray that you receive grace tonight. A special enablement. I pray that you There is none like you. No one else could touch my life as you do.